Buddy beware. Seventh grade brought changes, all right. But the biggest one didn't happen at school. It happened at home. Granddad Duncan came to live with us. At first, it was kind of weird because none of us really knew him, except for Mom, of course. And even though she's spent the past year and a half trying to convince us he's a great guy, from what I can tell, the thing he likes to do best is stare out the front room window. There's not much to see out there except the baker's front yard, but you can find him there day or night, sitting in the big easy chair they moved in with him, staring out the window. Okay, so he also reads Tom Clancy novels and the newspapers and does crossword puzzles and tracks his stocks. But those things are all distractions. Given no one to justify it to, the man would stare out the window until he fell asleep. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it just seems so... boring. Mom says he stares like that because he misses Grandma. But that's not something Granddad had ever discussed with me. As a matter of fact, he never discussed much of anything with me until a few months ago, when he read about Julie in the newspaper. Now, Julie Baker did not wind up on the front page of the Mayfield Times for being an eighth-grade Einstein, like you might suspect. No, my friend, she got front-page coverage because she refused to climb out of a sycamore tree. Not that I could tell a sycamore from a maple, or a birch for that matter, but Julie, of course, knew what kind of tree it was and passed that knowledge along to every creature in her wake. So this tree, this sycamore tree, was up the hill on a vacant lot on Collier Street, and it was massive. Massive and ugly. It was twisted and gnarled and bent, and I kept expecting the thing to blow over in the wind. One day last year, I'd finally had enough of her yakking about that stupid tree. I came right out and told her that it was not a magnificent sycamore. It was, in reality, the ugliest tree known to man. And you know what she said? She said I was visually challenged. Visually challenged. This from the girl who lives in a house that's the scourge of the neighborhood. They've got bushes growing over windows, weeds sticking out all over the place, and a barnyard's worth of animals running wild. I'm talking dogs, cats, chickens, even snakes. I swear to God, her brothers have a boa constrictor in their room. They dragged me in there when I was about ten and made me watch it eat a rat. A live, beady-eyed rat. They held that rodent up by its tail and, bloop, the boa swallowed it whole. That snake gave me nightmares for a month. Anyway, normally I wouldn't care about someone's yard, but the baker's mess bugged my dad big time, and he channeled his frustration into our yard. He said it was our neighborly duty to show them what a yard's supposed to look like. So while Mike and Matt are busy plumping up their boa, I'm having to mow and edge our yard. Then sweep the walkways, and gutter, which is going a little overboard, if you ask me. And you'd think Julie's dad, who's a big, strong, bricklaying dude, would fix the place up, but no. According to my mom, he spends all his free time painting. His landscapes don't seem like anything special to me, but judging by his price tags, he thinks quite a lot of them. 
We see them every year at the Mayfield County Fair, and my parents always say the same thing. The world would have more beauty in it if you'd fix up the yard instead. Mom and Julie's mom do talk some. I think my mom feels sorry for Mrs. Baker. She says she married a dreamer, and because of that, one of the two of them will always be unhappy. Whatever. Maybe Julie's aesthetic sensibilities have been permanently screwed up by her father, and none of this is her fault. But Julie has always thought that that sycamore tree was God's gift to our little corner of the universe. Back in the third and fourth grades, she used to clown around with her brothers in the branches, or peel big chunks of bark off so they could slide down the crook in its trunk. It seemed like they were playing in it whenever my mom took us somewhere in the car. Julie'd be swinging from the branches, ready to fall and break every bone in her body, while we were waiting at the stoplight. And my mom would shake her head and say, Don't you ever climb that tree like that, do you hear me, Bryce? I never want to see you doing that. You either, Lynetta. That is much too dangerous. My sister would roll her eyes and say, As if, while I'd slump beneath the window and pray for the light to change before Julie squealed my name for the world to hear. I did try to climb it once in the fifth grade. It was the day after Julie had rescued my kite from its mutant toy-eating foliage. She climbed miles up to get my kite, and when she came down, she was actually very cool about it. She didn't hold my kite hostage and stick her lips out like I was afraid she might. She just handed it over and then backed away. I was relieved, but I also felt like a weenie. When I'd seen where my kite was trapped, I was sure it was a goner. Not Julie. She scrambled up and got it down in no time. Man, it was embarrassing. So I made a mental picture of how high she'd climbed. And the next day, I set off to outdo her by at least two branches. I made it past the crook, up a few limbs, and then, just to see how I was doing, I looked down. Mistake. It felt like I was on top of the Empire State Building without a bungee. I tried looking up to where my kite had been, but it was hopeless. I was, indeed, a tree-climbing weenie. Then junior high started, and my dream of a Julie-free existence shattered. I had to take the bus, and you-know-who did, too. There was about eight kids altogether at our bus stop, which created a buffer zone, but it was no comfort zone. Julie always tried to stand beside me, or talk to me, or in some other way mortify me. And then she started climbing. The girl is in the seventh grade, and she's climbing a tree, way, way up in a tree. And why does she do it? So she can yell down at us that the bus is five, four, three blocks away, blow-by-blow blow traffic watch from a tree what every kid in junior high feels like hearing first thing in the morning. She tried to get me to come up there with her, too. Bryce, come on. You won't believe the colors. It's absolutely magnificent. Bryce, you've got to come up here. Yeah, I could just hear it. Bryce and Julie sitting in a tree. Was I ever going to leave the second grade behind? One morning, I was specifically not looking up, when out of nowhere she swings down from a branch and practically knocks me over. Heart attack! I dropped my backpack and wrenched my neck, and that did it. 
I refused to wait under that tree with that maniac monkey on the loose anymore. I started leaving the house at the very last minute. I made up my own waiting spot, and when I'd see the bus pull up, I'd truck up the hill and get on board. No Julie, no problem. This ends side one of cassette one. Please fast forward to the end before turning the cassette over.